It's day 28 of our sheltering in the Psalms. And tonight we look at Psalm 1, Psalms 136 through 140. And Psalm 136 greets us with a familiar, comforting phrase. Le'olam hasdo, his steadfast love endures forever. God is praiseworthy because le'olam hasdo. We are taken through creation and we see God's greatness. Le'olam hasdo. We see the grace of God as he delivers from Egypt. Le'olam hasdo. And we see the goodness of God as they take possession of the land. Le'olam hasdo. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Verse 2. Verse 3. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. And then look at how it ends here in verse 23. It is he who remembers us in our low estate. His steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven for le'olam has do. His steadfast love endures forever. Now let's move into Psalm 137. And Psalm 137 encourages us to hope in God's salvation. Even though our present circumstances may tempt us to suggest that it will never come. Look at what it says. How long, or how shall we sing, verse 4, the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not see Jerusalem above my highest joy. And then here's the prayer. Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem, how they said, lay it bare, lay it bare, down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed is he, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Now let's look at verse 9. Uh, for just a minute because some of us may have some issue with what verse 9 is going to say. Listen to what it says. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. So what are we supposed to do with that type of phrase in chapter 137 in verse 9? Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. Well this is a good opportunity for us as we shelter in the Psalms to remember what we know about our God, to remember what we know about His goodness, to remember what we know about His love, and to remember what we know about the type of literature we're reading. And the Psalms is a book of poetry. And so this is poetry in verse 9. And it's, in other words, it's, uh, it's, it's more literal than, uh, or it's, uh, it's not more literal, rather, than what we've already seen in the Psalter of the hills leaping or the rivers clapping. And so what this verse is graphically communicating is this. The blessed ones are those that bring peace to Jerusalem. And at that point, our modern sensibilities or whatever sensibilities we have may be in question at that time. But remember that it's poetry. And remember that it's communicating, blessed is he, who brings peace to Jerusalem. It's not our place to agree or to disagree 
with the method that Scripture uses to communicate its graphic imagery. It's intended to grab us in the way that it grabs us so that we'll learn to put all, all, all of our hope in God. Now let's move into Psalm 138 through um, 138. And when we encounter 138, we're going to see something that's familiar to us, and that's that superscription. And the superscription says of David. And so as we go into Psalm 138 through 139, we're going to see that repeated. These Psalms, 138 through 145, are going to show us Davidic Psalms. And it's interesting that at the very end of the Psalter, we have Davidic Psalms. And so that truth further validates what we've said from the very beginning, and that the whole thrust of the Psalter is messianic. The whole hope of the Psalter is looking ahead for the Messiah, the anointed, the son of David, who will be God, the son of David, who will be king. And Psalm 138, that short little psalm, just eight verses, focuses on David's hope in God. Look at what it says. Verse 2, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called you, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. Verse 6, For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Now let's look at verse 8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works or the work of your hands. And in that case, we need to stop and realize that the work of God's hands includes us. We are the work of his hands. Now let's ask the question before we go into Psalm 139. And the question is this, why on earth would David hope in God? Maybe you've asked the same kind of question as a believer or maybe as a non-believer. Why on earth would we hope in God? Well, Psalm 139 is going to give us the answer. And Psalm 139 is a look inside David's faith in God. And so what I want to do, I want to read every bit of Psalm 139 to you right now. To the choir master, a Psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you form my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you 
When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed, uh, formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Now listen to the confidence here. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now that's a good psalm to remember as we're considering maybe our sensibilities in Psalm 137. In other words, as the end of the psalm in Psalm 139 ends, to search me and try me, O God, it's an attempt or it's a desire for David's heart to be bent towards the will of God and not to have it any other way. So his hope is completely in God. So let's move into Psalm 140 as we close out this evening. And we're going to see in Psalm 140 that our hope is expressed in God our Deliverer, God our Guard, and God the Preserver of our lives. Look at how that leaves us in verse 12. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and will execute justice for the needy. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. The only way to be upright is to have the salvation that God brings.